Counselors, approach the bench. I have no further witnesses, Your Honor. Curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. Overruled. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and argue for or against the movies being on that list. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today we are talking about another film on the list. The second installment of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Two Towers was released December 18th, 2002 and stars Elijah Wood, Sir Ian McKellen, Christopher Lee and Kate Blanchett, among a plethora of other famous actors. Before we go back to uh, Middle Earth, let's talk about how your week's been going. Oh, man, it's a busy week. <laughs> busy work, super busy at work. Um, yeah, just kind of long days and very intense kind of work environment and getting the house ready for visitors and all that. So, yeah, busy week. It's cool when you have, I mean, as long as the visitors don't overstay, it's always fun to have them around. <laughs> We'll see about that, though. <laughs> She'll be all right. Um, on my end, it's not been uh, it's not been too hard. Uh, I think I finally am getting a break. I'm going on leave, so uh, one of the benefits of living in wonderful California, uh, we have a uh, we have leave. So I'm taking some time off to take care of myself and my daughter, and uh, nice. enjoy the fruits of being a father. I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm looking excellent. forward to that. Excellent, excellent. So, um, should we do the, the, the coin toss? Yeah, please. Let's do the coin toss. Okay, Raji. Heads or tail? I'm going to go with the heads. 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 Wow. I, you know, I usually say that I was going to win. This was one, this is one that I thought I wasn't going to win. So, um, I'm two for two in losses now, <laughs> but if I was <laughs> going to go for it, one, I'm going right? to go for the film. I'm going to argue Good. for the Lord of the Rings. Okay, okay, cool. So um, I'll argue against this movie. And uh, but before we go into the movie itself, let's hear a quick little synopsis. The sequel to the Golden Globe-nominated and AFI award-winning and the Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring. The Two Towers follows the continuing quest of Frodo and the Fellowship to destroy the One Ring. Frodo and Sam discover they are being followed by the mysterious Gollum. Aragorn, the Elf Archer, Legolas and Gimli the Dwarf encounter the besieged Rohan Kingdom, whose once great King Theoden has fallen under Saruman's deadly spell. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. Your honor, the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, is... Uh, essentially a big walking simulator uh, where nothing really gets done. It's just a big convoluted uh, example of character building, which is interesting in film studies, but it's not very compelling uh, as a movie for an audience. While I understand that the strength of the movie is character building, uh, I think it's essentially a big waste of time. Um, there are some problematic um instances in this movie where i'm thinking um, that the audience is being taken for a ride a little bit and i think we get uh, side quests in this overarching 
fantasy world that are kind of pointless and going nowhere and just like i said a waste of time that's my main argument um for me i think this movie is the crescendo of the lord of the rings and i think i've hinted at it several times in all our previous discussions of um lord of the rings this was the movie that showed the length and breadth of the lord of the rings and built upon every single thing that we saw in the first one it had big battles it had big walking it had incredible set pieces and the end is one of the best i've ever seen in any film even it beats what the third movie was um by a mile for me i think this is if you wanted to you you can't get into a lot of the rings in the middle of it which is unfortunate or fortunate uh depending on how much of the of the lore you enjoy but this is the crowning achievement of Peter Jackson's uh, expedition into, into that world, the world of Middle Earth. The world of Middle Earth. Um, okay, let's talk about this movie. Uh, so I think there's a lot of walking in Middle Earth, despite uh, animals being around. Uh, so, so what I mean with uh, being taken for a ride, I think... This movie is still so. So we're already three hours in into the whole saga, right? And then there's another three hours in this movie, and there's just tons of exposition in this, uh, and oftentimes exposition by characters where I feel like they should not be uh, privy to knowing what's going on. Uh, mainly the hobbits uh, apparently know all the types of animals that happen to live in Middle Earth all over the place. And uh, whenever they see something, it's like, oh, it's creature X. This means Y. And I understand it from a conceptual standpoint, but I think it's kind of, there's better ways to do that probably. It's just so much exposition of of everything uh, that's kind of, it's just too much. I think it's just too much. It's visually short, stunning. Like the the locations are great. Uh, I think we touched up upon that in the beginning um, of the first and the third movie, which is just a, a great, a big nine hour commercial for New Zealand, <laughs> and, and and that's great and all, but uh, at the end of the day, it's it's uh, just a bloated uh, exposition fest. Can I remember? Did you did you argue for? I think you argued against uh, the the original one too, uh, when we had uh, we had the guest host. Originally, it's you you've been put in a very bad situation with all the lot of It's very difficult to argue against it. Um, but I, I will I will say this: the the lot of the rings is. Um, incredible when it comes to set pieces like i said the the battle of helms deep from the very beginning you understand um what is at stake you understand the pride you understand um that if you know the army of mordor take this over um the humanity is going to fall basically the stage is set for an epic battle and just at the very end things there's a light and the the whole uh, episode changes. You've, you've given up and just that light at the top of the mountain 
and you see Gandalf running down uh, with um, with the, with the army behind him, and you feel that sense of joy. That kind of feeling is is experienced throughout the film. Um, you you get the sadness at the end of episode one, where you know uh, chapter or the first film, where you know you see uh, Gandalf fall through the hole uh, towards hell, and um, at the very beginning of this film, you are reminded of it uh as you know frodo dreams about it uh before he wakes up and realizes he's being tracked uh by um gollum and uh, you know as time goes on you're watching how the people are trying to react to the loss of the two hobbits frodo and uh samwise gamgee uh, <laughs> I have their names written down because I don't remember the names of everybody. Um, you know, Samwise and uh, Frodo are out trying to get to Mordor on their own. Um, and Aragorn and the rest of the crew are trying to uh, track them and make sure that they're safe. So they go initially after the orcs and then they find out that some hobbits were captured and they thought it was Frodo. Um and they walk into the forest after they've uh, they were surrounded by some of the men who ended up working with Gandalf at the end of the film, and they look and they've been told that it was the 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 queen of the forest, and they see somebody in white and it's glowing white and they just look up, and all of a sudden it's Gandalf. Gandalf is no longer Gandalf the Grey; it's Gandalf the White now, and you know that moment where, you know, you've been down because of what happened in the first film and just that sense of elation uh, at that very moment to see Gandalf again, who played a big role in this film. Uh, And, you know, I can tell you that there are many points in this film where you feel that sense of joy. It's my favorite Lord of the Rings and uh, I can't, I don't think you can beat it for both the set pieces, the surprises, the action. So you brought up two things, right? So there's so there's Helm's Deep. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Helm's Deep for a minute. Uh, I th- while I while I agree that the that the weight of this battle is pretty clear, we were also told twice about the the, the problems with Helm's Deep. Um, uh, Aragorn notices. It's it's basically a trap, and and tells us, hey, this is basically a trap. If they're you know if they're if they happen to be in Helm's Deep and being attacked, and then the Worm Tongue is essentially also saying the same same thing. It's like, ha, they're going to be trapped, and then we'll see a play out. And I'm like, why did we need to hear that this is a trap? Isn't it more compelling when we see? like retreat after retreat after retreat and just kind of getting more of that claustrophobia without having been told that, you know, the, the stakes are high twice. Right. So th- that's, that's one of the things. Um, the second thing is the, the forest. And I think the, the, the exposition heavy things that I critique with this is uh, very apparent there as well, uh, because they stand at the edge of the forest and then I guess Legolas, it was like, Oh, this is the forest of, whatever name and uh, everybody has a second of like oh not that forest 
and I know what it's supposed to invoke. It's, it's supposed to invoke some kind of danger, but there's not really danger there for them. <laughs> and then at the end, they meet up with Gandalf. And I think one of the worst dialogues on this thing is uh, show yourself. Oh, you're Gandalf. And then Gandalf is looking at them very puzzled. It's like, Gandalf, Gandalf used to be my name, Gandalf the Grey. It's Gandalf the White now. Like, that's a whole completely different concept of words, but it's not. So I'm like, why are you so so puzzled that people call you Gandalf still, if that's still your name? It's just a different color. So, so I think there's just, just a lot of clunkiness in this. And like I said, it's just so exposition heavy and so... And the audience is kind of spoon-fed with, you know, this is how you're supposed to feel. And uh, I think that's a little heavy-handed in this. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, an example of a situation, you know, you know, you have scenarios, have you, you you've met a couple of PhD people, right? Um, and in those scenarios, when you meet them and you say, hey, mister, and they, 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 they ruffle their feathers and go, it's not mister, it's doctor. I'm a doctor. I went to school for years to become a doctor. You will not call me by mister. I think it's almost the same scenario with that Gandalf the Grey and Gandalf the White scenario. I think that he's like, I've graduated. I I fought that Balrog all the way to hell and back again. And you will call me by my position. I am Gandalf the White now. The interesting thing is that um, mistake also played a big role in you know the discussions with um, Warm Tongue and Theoden when they go into Rohan. Because everybody assumes he's Gandalf the Grey. But when he takes off his cloak and everybody sees like, oh, snap, he's Gandalf the White. Oh, my God. What is going to happen now? Everybody was, you know, taken aback and he's like, yeah, get out of there, Saruman. See, the payoffs in this film were just incredible. I don't, I don't really, it's hard. It's hard to find anything against this film. And I don't envy your position. Hopefully you get me back during the Matrix one. But I will say that all the payoffs in this film um, were incredible. Like, you know, coming down uh, when um, uh, when the character of uh, played by Alonda Boom, Legolas, was sliding down um, and throwing his arrows and firing into people's, uh, into orcs. Uh, and was counting how many people he had killed. Some of those stuffs were really cool fight scenes. Um, the sense of dread as they, you know, they took over parts of Rohan, uh, of Helm's Deep, sorry, um, as they broke the first layer and the second layer and everybody had to retreat back. And I think, you know, to counteract the point that you made earlier about um, everybody's knowing that there were weaknesses in, in Helm's Deep, the reason why he made the decision was because Helm's Deep had never fallen, irrespective of you know the weak points. Um, but the weak points were us for the audience to know that what was at stake. So it was perfectly set up. So when we were watching it, we'll be pointing out, oh, those are weak points. Everybody knows that these are the weak points. They've attacked the weak points and they've made a breakthrough and people are falling back. It was a good decision in the end because Helm's Deep didn't fall. It didn't fall for the, you know, after many years, even in that film, Helm's Deep didn't fall. 
But when you look at the whole decision line, I think that was the right decision to make uh, because he was able to protect the people as many, as much of the people as he possibly could. Um, what about the the time where Aragon fell off the cliff? And, um, you know, Eowyn actually thought he was dead. Um, I mean, it didn't take long for us to realize he wasn't dead. But the payoff was interesting because he also was the one who caught up, who saw Mordor's group first and then rode up. Um, what about the introductions of the elves uh, to help them fight uh, the death of the leader elf? Um, man, it's just so many iconic moments in this film that none of the other ones can beat. I, I think it's, it's, it's by far the crescendo of the Lord of the Rings. And I think it's the, the crowning achievement of Peter Jackson. So I think the, the resolution of Helm's Deep is, is very closely mirrored in uh, chapter three of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, like very, very closely. Uh, even to the point where they're up on a hill with the ghost army and, uh, you know, go down the hill and then, everybody's fine now we're okay so it's, it's it's basically the same resolution of the of the the problem that we see right of the battle um so i think it's not necessarily revolutionary now granted we've seen the third one before this one so i guess that argument would probably fit more in the third one but still it's kind of the same thing um i do think you could have brought the the point across with helm's deep being this fortress that never fell and just leave it at that and you you don't necessarily need to have somebody say twice is like oh but there's weaknesses like we can see the weaknesses show don't tell um they they told they told and they showed and i think you could could have cut out the the telling of 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 the thing um but yeah that's essentially my main argument well i think that the point you made, and I think that it's a reflection of the fact that we recorded the third one before we recorded this. I think that uh, this is probably the reason why the third one doesn't resonate with me as much as the second one, because it feels like the resolution is basically the same. Um, and I think then after the whole fight, we have another 40 minutes of just mumbo jumbo, people going on boats and stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think that's the reason why the third one doesn't resonate with me as much as this one. Um, in this one, the stakes are so high. I mean, the, the stakes are quite high in the third one too. I mean, the spider and Frodo. Um, I, you know, for a moment you thought he was dead. Um, there, there's some really good parts of the third one, and I, I think that all three are great films. Um, but you know, Helm's Deep. Uh, I, I I say I keep saying that the reason why we they brought it up was because they want the audience to realize that hey, these are the stakes that we're playing with. Um, and I also think that uh, you know, you know, I think that despite you know all knowing uh, how difficult it was going to be. You know that moment at the top, at, at the end where we see Gandalf walk uh, right down with um, the rest of the army, that was incredible. And I still think that I have memories of that. That is like the the biggest sticking point 
uh, for me in all the Lord of the Rings series. And I don't think there's anything else that stands out. Uh, for me. I mean, even that one we just talked about, when he goes into the mountain and brings the dead who betrayed, um, the, betrayed uh, the king of wherever. <laughs> the names in Lord <laughs> of the Rings are just too hard for me to remember. But that mm. moment, it ended too quickly. It ended too quickly. In this one, we get the satisfaction of seeing them right down, going over, challenging them from the back, and actually succeeding. So it's 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 my favorite of the three. All right. I don't have any more to add. All right. We could go into general discussions. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. I will say, if there was going to be an argument against this film, it's the tree folk, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that moment where Peregrine Troop, uh, Peregrine, what's his name? Peregrine. Pippin and Marion Pippin. Pippin. Peregrine Took. Um, oh. the, when they go in and they meet the, the tree forest people and uh, the way they talked, uh, the way it's just slow. That, that that's Those scenes slow down the film so much, you know, I, like a movie that is really, really fast-paced. I would say it's moderately fast-paced. And every single time we get to those scenes, it just drowns to a slow poke. And I don't like any of those characters. I mean, they eventually, the weird thing about it is they were ineffective until the very end when they decided to go against Saruman for all the tree cutting he had done. Previously, it was just talking and meetings and meetings and talking and just like, oh man, just make a decision. And when they finally made a decision, it was the wrong decision. So you're like, so what was the whole point of all the talking? And then, you know, Pip, you know, Pippin had a good idea. Why don't you take me to uh, to wherever Saruman is and uh, Isengard? Lead us to Isengard. And when they started to go to Isengard and they started to see the forest being destroyed, that was when they realized like they had to do something and they finally overwhelmed. But all through the points, all through that film, all through the way to that very last point, they were some of the worst scenes in all of the Lord of the Rings films. Horrible, yeah, it's horrible. Like, it's like a job simulator. It's just like <laughs> pointless meetings. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to the meeting of the trees. And I'm like, please, please end this, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, like this is a good movie, right? Arguably, it's, I, I think there is a lot of exposition that's unneeded. Um, I think another thing I could have like critiqued is just kind of the CGI that hasn't hold up as well as uh, other movies at this point. Like, there's some shots that are really, really funky, um, and there's a lot of stuff that looks really good. You know, and and I think it's one of the strengths of this that that a lot of the movies real again, like they took a lot of time to create miniatures and costumes and you know like to scale models and and and, and so it looks real. It's feel very tangible and very grounded in reality. So so that's really cool. I think, um, like I said, set pieces in general is uh, outstanding, and I think kind of groundbreaking. Uh, for the time, 
and I think the CGI for the time also was very groundbreaking. Like I remember being in the theater and watching this, and it's like, what is going on here? Right, and just kind of a blending of of the real pieces and the CGI for the time was really good. Like at this point, I'm like, mm, it looks a little funky, right? But that's fine as a 20 year old movie. Um, but I was gonna say. Uh, so, so I, I think it's a, it's a good movie. I think it's the best of the three, um, personally. Uh, I think what really hits hard is the beginning of the Helm's Deep battle in rain, in the darkness, in the rain. Yeah, and uh, that's just pretty epic. The rain stops very quickly because I think it's very hard to keep that up, and like filming that probably was was a nightmare. I think I, I recall from the bonus features, but it's like. All the prosthetics was like silica was not silicone but was uh, foam latex, mm. and uh, it just absorbed all the water and just was terrible. Uh, so I mean, I, sometimes they, they just stop the rain. That in your face, yeah, yeah. So so, uh, but I thought that was very like visually stunning, right? Like that just that beginning of of the heavy pouring rain and everybody anticipating the the battle. I do think the battle. Uh, culminates in a very um, easy way and um, kind of um, unbelievably so too when they when um, Legolas, Gimli and uh, Aragorn I think uh, go out on that bridge and just fight everyone off of the bridge and there's just swaths of, of orcs left like uh, I think you can like do that for, for a minute or two but then you know, there's just too many of them, like mm. to to, you know. So to so get rid of, yeah. I, I felt that was kind of unrealistic, and then there's kind of the the holy, uh, you know, resolution on the hill that helps everybody and and everybody's <laughs> happy and peaceful. So I think it's 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 very entertaining and, and enjoyable, but it's also very convenient. I, I I will say that the they did a good job with um, planning the battle. The because everything has to follow a pattern. It's like you're winning the battle, then you're losing, and then you're winning, and then something happens and you start to lose, and you're losing and losing and losing, and all of a sudden you start to win. The 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 rhythm of that battle was very, very well planned. Um, and it I felt like it did a good job of of giving everyone a chance to shine. Um, including, you know, um Gimli who um I say, you know, even in the first and third was the butt of everybody's joke. He he got some good some good moments in this film. Um I, I do I do wonder about Arwen and Aragon, their love story. I don't know how strongly I it resonates with me, you know. I think that she had more to do in the first film um than this one. Um I believe. Uh, yeah. So it just felt like an afterthought. I wish there was more to it. It, I think th- th- those are some of the weakest parts of the Lord of the Rings because it just moved, the movie moved into spectacle and the moment you appreciate the spectacle, the, the more you appreciate the spectacle, the better it is. Um, but I think, like you said, it's a really good film and it, even for a movie that was filmed in 2002, it still holds up today. It still, it still holds up very, very well today. Um, yeah, yeah. I, go oh, on. Sorry. 
That's all I have. Uh, so, so around Aragorn, I think that forced, um, you know, three-way uh, women's triangle thing, you know, between him and um, Arwen and the daughter of uh, Theoden, yeah. I guess. Um, Eowyn. Oh, her name is Eowyn? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. That's just that's very uh, telenovela, in my opinion. <laughs> and like when when she sees him come back and is 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 you know longingly looking at him, and then he has the the necklace, and it's like, oh, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's one thing that, that it, has to do with quick those question. Two. Did, you, yes. did you think that Aragorn led her on? I thought he did. I think for a second he entertained it because he drank from a cup, right? I think he entertained yeah. it for for a minute. Yeah. Okay. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so that goes into my <laughs> thing that I noticed too. So I remember that scene when they uh, when when Gandalf is doing the big reveal. I'm the white, and um, he's uh, uncasting the spell on uh, her father, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she tries to stop him, and and. Um, so she comes into the room, sees what's going on, doesn't know what's going on, tries to stop it, right? And then Aragorn is just like, wait, and holds her back. And in my mind, it was like, just imagine they were not doing something positive, but something negative. Mm. And they essentially hold her back to watch her father die. And I was like, that's so messed up. And it was kind of, you know, in my mind, it was kind of hilarious, but it's also like, um, okay, we just take for granted that these people are good, mm. right? Because like, there's nothing really that uh, is portrayed in a way that they're not good actors, um, good faith actors, I guess. Uh, so that's that's fine. But just again, the situational, just like just wait, have trust. Like these are people that never met. Yeah, right? I, I assume. So it's like she she doesn't know anybody. She doesn't know what's going on. Apparently, right? She she just went in and saw that her father is being attacked. Um, so I found that kind of interesting that she just was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, fine. Um, like I said, it, it would have been kind of bizarre had yeah. these guys been the baddies. But I, I, I think that she, the warm tongue poisoning his mind had uh, rubbed off everyone. I think that one of the things that, that was effectively shown was that people were questioning the decision of, uh, of, um, of the king, uh, Theoden. Uh, and uh, as time went on, people were willing to... I, mean, I think that every, people generally knew who Gandalf was. Um, and I think that they were giving him benefit of the doubt to take over uh, from, you know, uh, Wormtongue, who they feel has been poisoning his ears. So I think that was the... If there was any argument for why she listened and said, you know, stopped when Aragorn told him to stop, I think that would probably be the reason why, because she was looking for somebody to solve her uncle's problems. Oh, it's her uncle? Yeah. Her father? Oh, okay. Whatever. The the the, the family ties in Rohan are <laughs> plentiful. Very fascinating. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that a lot of these things we've talked about in the first two films... Because it's a continuum, right? And mm-hmm. um, I think that um, history of Frodo and uh, and uh, 
you know, Sam, Sam, Samwise Gimli, um, was interesting in this one. Um, but I think that they gave them the meat in part three. That was where they we saw their significance, the significance of, you know. Well, we saw the beginnings of a breakage between him and Sam in this one, uh, which yeah. was uh which became even more fractured in part three. And it paid off in part three, which I think if you were following the story of Frodo and Sam, part three was the one you would enjoy uh the most. That's the one that had the most uh the most to give. Um in this one it was interesting, especially the end, when um they ran into Boromir, uh Boromir's brother, sorry, uh who captured them and was taking them to to the king of uh you know Oskiliath. Yeah. Um and uh they he eventually let him go because of the convictions he saw in the character. I think that was uh uh sorry, Faramir, Faramir, uh who is the older brother of Boromir who was killed in part one. Um and I think that that was that was quite an interesting scene because unlike Boromir, Faramir never gave in. He gave in initially but he was able to get himself out. He was able to get himself out of the trance. And for a minute, it seemed like the whole mission was doomed, but Faramir was a stronger character in mind than Boromir, even though it was was asserted many times in part three that he wasn't. So it was interesting to see that kind of difference between him and his brother. Yeah, but I also felt that whole segment was kind of a waste of time like the 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 redeeming shot of this is the confrontation between not the confrontation but just the the frodo standing in front of the nazgul you know the the kind of temptation i think that that is beautiful Mm. but i think it's a it's a it's just a lot of filler right because they need to fill like they they cannot go into mortar yet because that's (laughs) the third movie Right, but 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 they still need to appear in this one, so it's it's just kind of a distraction from from the main plot at hand. So I think it's a waste of time. Yeah. Movie was three hours long, man. Three hours, yeah. One hundred. Lord of the Rings, you've got to plan your whole day around it, especially if you want to watch <laughs> the whole trilogy. You have, yeah. I mean, the third one was three hours forty minutes or something. And by the time you sit through it, you, you, you that's your whole work day gone. Um, yeah. But you know, it's a good film. I loved it, and it still deserves to be in the in the list. Uh, I think it should be higher. Honestly, uh, we've gone through some films that I believe could be lower than this, but I think this should have been higher, uh, especially higher than the third one. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it should be higher than the third one. For sure, I think the f- the first one is about friendship and and just kind of misfits coming together and and you know starting this quest. The third one is about corruption and the resolution of that, and this one is kind of trust and mistrust, I guess, in a way. That's kind of how I would categorize it. Um, it's, so I th- yeah, I think this one should be higher than the the third for sure. 
All right. Any anything else? Uh, about no. The Lord of the Rings. I, I think that uh, I'm glad we're done with the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with all the very hard names, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, quite happy, and I, I'm I'm not going to be watching the Lord of the Rings for the rest of the year, uh, but I have a feeling that uh, my wife will be. Uh, but I I think I'm done with the Lord of the Rings for the rest of the year. Me too. <laughs> but yeah. Um... Anyway, where can people find us? They can find us on um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook on at Movie Mistrial. Or they can email us at contact at moviemistrial.com. Or you can visit us at uh, moviemistrial.com. It's good, to, uh, it's good to record this episode with you and let's see what people think. Who won the argument? So right. I am curious right. to know. Yeah. Next up, uh, The Matrix. 